Welcome to the latest episode of the Streamline podcast. My guest today is Sahil Lavingia. He is the founder of a company called Gumroad, gumroad.com. And really quickly, the reason that we initially got in touch is I put out an ebook on Gumroad. No shameless plugs, no time for that. And I connected with Sahil as a result of putting that book out uh, through how easy the process was, how amazing the customer support was, and what they were doing for curated, um, curators, creators in general. And the level of transparency and the way that Sahil opens up and talks about the pros, the cons, and all of the lessons that he's learned in doing this and building Gumroad over the years. I just really wanted to get him on here today to pick his brain and let him tell us a little bit more about his story. So that being said, Sahil, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's truly a pleasure. I'm really, ga- I'm really glad we finally got to connect. I feel like we've been talking for a- at least a good year or two now um, online in, in different ways. So it's good to actually be sitting here with you physically. I'm, I'm not used to doing a podcast where we're in a nice studio and we're actually in the same room together. This is uh, quite unique. Yeah, I'm excited for this. First time for me too. I feel like I'm in a bomb shelter. <laughs> that's it. The only rations we have is whatever's in our uh, backpacks here as well. So to let you know where we are, we're in a studio in downtown LA and not because we're rock stars, but just because we needed to find somewhere quiet so we could get together and, and put this podcast together. So we're going to take some pictures and we'll put them on social media as well so you can see exactly what this little shelter looks like because it's pretty neat. But we're not here today to talk about bomb shelter studios. We're here today to talk about Gumroad and your story. So nobody tells your story better than you do. Sahil, can you tell us your story from where you started to where you are today? And you can tell as much or as little as you would like. Yeah, totally. Uh, So I was born in New York in 1992. You can do the math on that. Um, Grew up in Singapore mostly, went to school at USC for computer engineering and computer science. I lasted one semester until I got an email from the CEO of Pinterest, and he asked me if I could help out. Uh, and so I dropped out of school, joined Pinterest. I was the second employee over there. They're IPOing today, which is really a weird feeling. I was there for a little under a year, and then I had this idea uh, for Gumroad, which I sort of looked at the internet, and I saw like all these people sharing all this cool stuff, and it was super easy to do that, only, only getting easier. But the minute you wanted to charge for something, like even a dollar, it just basically became impossible. And I just felt like that was super weird that like there was this sort of like very visible disconnect between sharing something and selling something. And so that's kind of the idea that led to Gumroad is I wanted to make it as easy to sell a piece of content as it would be to give it away for free, basically. And what what does that mean? What does that mean if creators are able to do that? And so I built it over the course of a weekend in 2011 and, you know, eight years later, um, I'm still running the thing. We've had a lot of ups and downs, much of which I've shared publicly now, a big round of layoffs. We raised a bunch of financing from venture capitalists, like all basically the the gamut. Um, but now we're profitable, sustainable. We have a team of around 10 people, all remote, distributed. Last month, we grew 20% month over month, processed around five and a half, almost $6 million for creators. It's a pretty sweet gig. I think to date we've processed almost $200 million. So that's wow. pretty cool. Yeah, $200 million for creators. Wow, $200 million. And he says it so casually as well. <laughs> I mean, yes, the most important part that you mentioned there is $200 million for creators. Yes. So you're not 
<laughs> you're not living in a mansion with uh, 15 bedrooms and, and living the dream life. You know, this money is going back to the creators who are putting all of their, their products, their creations on to Gumroad. Totally. And I'm, I'm one of those creators. And so on behalf of all of the creators that are listening right now, I want to say thank you because Gumroad has really helped to give me the opportunity to um, give me the confidence that after I put out my book and I started to see the revenue come in, I go, this is really going to help supplement some of the revenue when I step down from my day job, which I actually did in December last year so that I could awesome. focus on all of this full time. Yeah. And it continues to deliver week after week. Totally. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I mean, one thing that I love is the level of transparency in you when you share the numbers, which is just amazing and very rare. Uh, but also when you share the top creators and how much revenue they've made, yeah, it's it's mind blowing. I mean, it's um, yeah, people are making a very good living. Yeah, through Gumroad. It's funny. Uh, yeah, every month we we release the numbers. I just I just tweet them, and uh, we last month I think eighty four or something like that. Eighty four people made ten thousand dollars or more in March. Wow, which is that's what I pay myself. I pay myself ten thousand dollars a month, and then you know post taxes and stuff, whatever it comes out to. So uh, yeah. eighty four people are making more money on Gumroad than I am. So that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it's awesome. I mean, you know, it's it's really about like that that beginning. You know, like for me, what gets what gets me so excited is not the people that make ten thousand dollars a month or a hundred. You know, we have a few people that make a hundred thousand dollars a month. Uh, we have someone who makes you know who made eight hundred thousand dollars a month one time. Wow. Uh, but but it's it's the transition. You know, it's it's those are the things that I really focus on and like think about. You know, it's like if someone makes fifty bucks. And that's the thing that gets them thinking about leaving their day job that they don't like too much or those are the the moments, you know, that I think the that the inflection points in people's lives, like those are the moments that I want to create. If someone who makes a million bucks makes two million bucks because of Gumroad, that's cool. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But that's not why I started the company. Yeah, that's it. It's great because a lot of these people, they've already created whatever it is they're going to put on Gumroad mm -hmm. and they don't realize that it has a value to other people. And yeah. um you know, some of the things I've seen on there, obviously there's books. I, I've seen people get creative and do audio books, create online courses on there, which mm -hmm. I had no idea about until recently. And I saw yeah. how well oh, it works. It's crazy. It's insane. And yeah. um, I've seen people sell uh, filters and brushes mm -hmm. for various graphic design programs. You know, they, it just goes on from there. I mean, every every time I look, there's a, there's a new idea and I go, I didn't know you could, you could sell that and you could yeah. put a value on that. But here it is. Yeah. And one thing that I really liked about Gumroad is that you've got the option to do pay what you feel pricing. Yeah. And correct me if I've said that wrong, but the fact yeah. that people can put their own value on your product yeah. because some people go, well, I've just given it away until now. So uh, what, what value would people put on this? And then they can put anywhere from $0 to $100 and yeah. I've seen some studies on this where it actually, they end up getting paid more overall because it balances out. Yes, some people will pay $0, $1, $2. Some people will pay $60, $70 because yeah. they want to support the creator. Totally. And it balances out. Yeah. I mean, you think about airline tickets. You think about tiers within Uber or anything like that. Price discrimination is like a very sort of normal business tactic, you know? And you should allow for people that can't afford your product, but maybe one day would be able to, to benefit. And you should also allow people that would spend 200, they might just be 
friends of yours. They might just be super fans. They've learned so much from you and they're not giving you a hundred bucks because they think the piece of content that you're selling is worth a hundred bucks, but they're rewarding you for like two, three, four, five years of free content. And now they have an opportunity to, to sort of reconcile that. Yeah. So yeah, pay what you wish, pay what you want, pay what you feel. Pricing is awesome. And it's always what I, what I tell creators when they're like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm ready or if I have something worthwhile. I'm just like, just zero plus. Yeah, you know, like it's free. If people don't want to pay for it, they don't have to pay for it. But like, give them the chance, and you you might be you might be surprised. We had one person, this uh, this guy Christopher Tin, he's a composer in L.A. and he sold an album for a similar similar pricing structure. I think it was five plus or something, and it was like the average was over ten. You know, like just wow. double, and that's the average, right? So that's after taking like accounting for all the zeros, yeah, or all the all the fives, I guess, and. Yeah, you can do you can do really well when you do that. Yeah, definitely. I want to ask you out of all of the I don't want to say they're products because they're not just products, but out of everything that you've seen on Gumroad, what's the most unique or creative that you remember? Yeah. It's there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's all and it's always changing. I mean, the cool thing with Gumroad is because it is so simple and so sort of atomic, people every time there's like a new platform, people will figure out how it works with Gumroad. And so recently I've noticed like all these people in which their like entire presence on the internet is just Twitter. They just mm. have these viral Twitter accounts. You know, they tweet fitness tips or what have you and then they sell an ebook and they just sell the ebook within a tweet, you know? And that's all they do and they tweet 30, 40 times a day and there's some people that make 20, 30,000 dollars a month. You know, just off a Twitter account like that's wow. their that's their job, you know, and it's it's that's to me it's less about the con i mean the content is really cool but at the end of the day the content is has roughly stayed the same right like podcasts are this like new this like re-new thing again but what's different is like the, the 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 sharing patterns i think the consumption patterns uh the actual content like it's still an audio track between a few people you know and so i think to me i always focus on like what is how are people using it versus like what are they selling specifically i met someone today who's a painter he worked on spider-verse by sony and he does a, a class where he teaches people Blender, you know, and basically you, you pay, you, you get a bunch of content and then you give him your Skype ID and then he just does these like live Skype sessions. I mean, it's like a sort of ad hoc university class, okay. you know, and he kills it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. How long has Gumroad been around? When did Gumroad start? Because yeah. I know you had a recent birthday celebration as yes. well. Yes, eight years. Eight years. Yeah, April, so April 2011... One Friday night, I designed this icon, this this pencil in Photoshop. And, you know, it took me a few hours, and I thought, oh, I could like try selling this thing on the internet. I have a, like a small audience on Twitter, and I just like it just was super difficult. And like this sort of the the metaphor that I use is like I it, everyone wanted me to like set up a storefront, and I just needed like a lemonade stand. Like I just needed to trial if this was a thing that was compelling to anybody, and it wasn't worth like five hours of messing around with like setting up this whole storefront to sell like a single little thing and so that was friday night and then monday morning i launched gumroad i just spent saturday sunday basically all my waking hours working on this on this uh really simple product that i just thought of it like uh, bitly with a credit card form mm -hmm. right bitly you, you give it an end link and it gives you a short link and so my thing is like same thing except in the middle there's a credit card form you fill it out and then you just get redirected the first, the first uh, iteration of Gumroad didn't have file uploads or anything. You literally had to, like, you know, give us, like, a private YouTube URL or some 
some link, uh, quite literally to sort of to, to give to people. There was no security or any like abuse tracking or anything like that. It's definitely okay. evolved since then. But the idea is the same. I mean, you have stuff, you want to sell it. We're going to make it really easy for you to do that. And then just kind of see what happens and react to it, you know, build things that creators continue to want from us. You know, with Gumroad as well, the way that you own that relationship with your customers is fantastic because what happens is when somebody purchases your product on Gumroad, you actually get their email address mm -hmm. and most of the time their name if they add their name as well. Yeah. And you can then start reaching out to them. So you could use that to incorporate their email address into a newsletter to send them updates. Yeah. If you've created an ebook or another product that gets updated over time, you can if you choose, you can send a free update out to everyone yeah. and go, hey, here you go, I updated this. Totally. Just click this button, download it. And no other store that I've worked with as far as, you know, with digital books offers that. They they don't even necessarily tell you where the person is from. Mm -hmm. This, you know, every everything, you know, their name, you know, their email address, you're able to communicate with them, you can email them directly, you can talk to them within Gumroad itself. And so it really allows you to have those interactions. I mean, there's been people that have come to me with questions and I'm so glad that they were able to actually reach me and I was able to reach them because it was, you know, it would actually then turn into me pushing a new update of the book as a result or um, going and changing something in the description to make it a little clearer for everyone. So I, I think it's, for a creator, it's fantastic because you can actually own those relationships yeah, I think that's a fundamental difference between Gumroad and a lot of other services. And, you know, in music, for example, iTunes would never <laughs> tell you no, no. anything, right? How many people visited your your store page or any of that, right? Because fundamentally, I mean, sort of on a legal basis, iTunes owns the customer. You're, mm. you're kind of like a contractor for Apple, right? Or something, I don't know exactly, but something like that. And what it means is like when someone pays you five bucks... That's the value of that sale to you is five bucks minus the 30% that Apple would take, which to me is crazy, right? Yeah. Like imagine if you try to build an audience and like someone reading your email was like the last time they'd ever talk to you ever again, you know? Whereas with Gumroad, hopefully it's great that you have five bucks, but it's like a customer for life, right? That's the goal. Yeah. And you should be able to contact them. If you hate Gumroad and you want to like export your data and go somewhere else, you should be able to go do that. Like, to me, it's just, like, fundamentally, like, you are the creator. You deserve to own your relationship with your audience. And any website that lets you sell content but then doesn't actually let you see any of that data or export any of that data, that's dangerous. I mean, what it means is you're, you're sort of, like, building on rented land and they could sort of take it away from you at any point. And that's not a great place to build a business. Definitely. And it's, it's great to be able to... You know, hold on to those relationships as well. Another feature that I really like is the integration side. So in particular with Zapier, mm -hmm. the way that I've used that is whenever there's a new purchase on Gumroad, it will go straight to Zapier and then a tweet will go out shouting out that person if they added their name, of course, and saying, thank you for your purchase and uh, a few other things and then a link to the book. I straight up thought that was you doing it every time until now. Yeah, look, I, I hate to break it to you. Um, <laughs> As I, a tech per, I, I'm like, I'm shocked. Yeah. I, I would normally not fall for that, but... Well, you did. And um, <laughs> and Gumroad, is, hashtag Gumroad is in every single tweet, so I'm always on your radar. <laughs> yeah, I see it, and we like it. And, uh, well, it's, it's smart. I mean, the, these are the things that, as a creator, you should do. And one of, the, one of the amazing things about working on Gumroad is that I feel sort of very sort of 
emotionally tied to a lot of our creators and a lot of their successes because we're sort of doing the same thing, right? We're creators. We built a product that, you know, we created this product. We sell it to creators and we're building a business. Creators are building a business. And so it's always cool to like to learn from the way that creators are doing it. And, and also that's kind of why we have been as open, I think, as we have been is because we think we can help creators. Like, look, this is... And, and, and typically, if you're a creator and you're, you know, you're familiar with, like, building a business is not the easiest thing in the world. And so when we, when we sort of disclose some of this stuff, I think people like us for it, you know. And hopefully they can learn some stuff that they can apply in their own lives, which is going to lead to them making more revenue on government, which comes back to us in some form. Yeah. That's the pitch, at least, to my business side. Absolutely. And that's the way I see it right now as well. Yeah. I want to hear some stories. Uh, I know that you did a very detailed, I don't even want to call it a blog post because it was <laughs> way too long to be considered a blog post, but you, yeah. you, put it, you put it all out there for everyone to read and you didn't have the intention of becoming a viral smash, but you, had, yeah. you gained more followers than Gumroad after you put this out. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was weird. I mean, I started the year with like 20,000 followers on Twitter and I think I have almost 40,000 now. I wow. mean, just bonkers. But yeah, I wrote this thing about sort of the last eight years and it had been on my mind for a long time because ever since the layoffs, uh, so, so we, you know, we were on this sort of tr- venture back trajectory. We raised $8 million. Everything was going great. And then we were, you know, we had a team of 20 people and we went out to go raise venture, a series B. And it was just brutal. It was just not happening for us. We just did not have the numbers that we needed to to put together that sort of round, a growth round or whatever you'd call it today. And we had to, you know, basically we had to keep the company alive. That was like sort of the key thing that we had to do. We couldn't just say, hey, the creators that are making two and a half million dollars a month, like, sorry, like you got to do something else. Like your mortgage is now, yeah, that, it just didn't really feel like something I was comfortable doing, uh, or, or the team, frankly, uh, was comfortable doing. And so we we laid the comp- we laid we did a big round of layoffs. We went from twenty to five, and then once everything was stable, we went from five to one because that's not the company that people signed up for. And so it was just me like running this thing for a while. Luckily, we're we're past that point now. But I had all these things, and no one knew, you know, because you can't like I'm not going to go on the internet and be like, hey, creators, by the way, Gumroad is now five people. That's people are going to freak out. Yeah, you know. And so I just like had this massive disconnect and I was hanging out with a bunch of friends over the sort of the, the winter holidays and no one knew what I was doing. Like some people thought Gumroad was dead. Some people thought Gumroad was killing it. Some people thought I was like a full-time painter. <laughs> like who knows? Some people thought I was in San Francisco. Some people thought I was in Provo. Uh, it was, it was, it was interesting and it, it kind of gave me, it was like, oh, actually like my identity is gone. Like no one knows. I can kind of write the identity that I want for myself again. Kind of like when you move to a new city and you don't know anyone or something. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got me thinking about it. Like, who am I now? Like, what what has changed? This sort of, like, wonderkind 18-year-old early employee at Pinterest raised a bunch of money, was going to become a billionaire. That story was clearly not going to happen. What story was I comfortable telling? And so I wrote this thing. It wasn't that long, okay? It was, like, 3,000 words, which I guess in, in internet terms is, like, pretty pretty long. It's, like... Mm. 30 tweets in a row or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it did super well. I think 600,000 people or something read it, which is kind of bonkers. And yeah, people people like, I mean, you know, hopefully it's educational too. I didn't write it just to like market Gumroad. It turned out to be like the best piece of content marketing we've probably ever done as a company. But yeah, I, I ended up beating out Gumroad's own follower count, which I feel terrible about. And I'm like <laughs> trying to like fix that problem. Is, and then eventually I'm sure it will... Yummer will will again beat me. 
So I can only write this thing once every eight years, you know? Well, yeah, that's it. And <laughs> you, you pretty much covered all of it in, in there as well. So that's, that's it. It's there now to, yeah. to, be, totally. to be read and um, analyzed and um, it's going to be there for many years to come. But 600,000. And where did you, was it just on Medium? Is yeah. There? So I posted it on Medium, yep. which is like my channel of choice uh, just because it's easy and pretty. And I just tweeted it. You know, I told people it was coming. I'd been working on this thing for a few weeks. And I tweeted it out and, like, sort of... The great thing about the internet is you know pretty fast if the, this thing is going to blow up or not. And I had a feeling that it might, you know? Like, I was like, there's there's some data in here I've never talked about. There's some content in here that I think is, like, truly valuable. And within the first hour, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this thing is... This is, like, my... I mean... This, it, it was my life for a month, you know, mm. just like the amount of people that read it, shared it, sent me emails. You know, at the bottom I said, like, you know, let me know how I can help. And so I sort of like was like, I'm clearing my schedule and I'm going to like try to be as accessible as possible. And, you know, the first day I think 115,000 people read it. I was like, cool. That's normally like half of the people that will ever read something will read it in the first day or two. And then it just, you know hasn't really stopped even yesterday i think like a thousand people read it or something like that it just the, i think the cool thing about it is that it, it, as you said it's like a it's a book in the sense that it's like reference material you know yeah. it's going to be useful for a long period of time and so it's kind of cool to kind of be like that's it like this is that period of my life and that sort of specific subject matter like that's the thing about it and i'm never gonna write about it again you know there's certain things i purposely took out of the piece like, I didn't talk too much about the specifics of raising money or any of the dynamics within that because I wanted to, like, talk about that stuff sort of specifically because I have some more sort of ideas that I thought was going to, like, it was already too long, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's cool. It's cool that people, like, really like the story and it's just a plus that it helps, you know, it benefits Gumroad, you know. In hindsight, it makes total sense why it would, I think, but definitely. But I think if I approached it like that, you know, it wouldn't have worked, right? Doing it as content marketing would not have made the piece, I think, as successful as it was. People can sense that. Yeah, definitely. And it, it was your story in your words. So yeah. it, it made sense to be you, not Gum, mm -hmm. Gumroad Presents. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, we, you know, when we had a team of 20 people, we had a content person, we had a PR person, we had a lot of these roles. And, and they did a great job. But I think no one would ever suggest like the ceo has to be the person that's like we're going to talk about this you know because it just doesn't make sense really on a like a business level to do like a lot of these crazy things that elon musk does or whatever jack dorsey does like you would get fired if you did that as an employee yeah right it's kind of this weird thing but it's good to be aware about i think aware of and yeah when you when you have a team and it kind of becomes designed by committee you do the safe thing but not the interesting thing. And I've had conversations with other CEOs that I've met through the success of the piece that have had similar experiences where they kind of don't give a shit, basically. Mm. And that enables them to just do stuff. And those are the things that end up working out really well because people can sense that you're just doing what you really want to do, you know? Yeah. And I've never been a writer full-time, but I think people can sense that I wanted to tell this story and I wanted to write and I put a lot of work into it. And... It resonates when you do that. And I'm, you know, I'm super grateful that you put that story out and, and you were so open to share it because it would have been hard to actually get that down. And a lot of people find it hard to write about their own yeah. story. Yeah. It, they find it easy to write about someone else. Yeah, totally. It's like designing your personal website. It's like the worst, yeah. the worst thing. 
Uh, and it was hard. To, I mean, it wasn't easy, you know. I think the, the great thing, and I think the way that I approached it, which is sort of like how I talk to creators, too. I'm like, people are like, what should I sell? Like, what, like, and I'm like, there's so much stuff in your brain. Like, just ask people, like, what, like, why do they follow you on the internet? You know, like, what, what have they learned from you specifically? And so that's what I did. I tweeted out, you know, this is pre like Twitter famous or whatever you call it. I just said, look, like I've been through a lot. Some of you know some of this stuff. Some of you know nothing. And I sort of just listed it. I was like layoffs, raising money, da, 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 moving to Provo. And then people just told me like, you know, 70 people or something were like, this is what I want from you. Like, this is what I want to take away or learn about or, or be aware of. And then I just like copy pasted every single tweet reply into uh, Google Docs. And just one Saturday, I just literally like bullet list. I just answered every single question or I like I combined them if there were duplicates. And then I just answered every single question. And then it's not about writing a story, telling a story. Right. Because that's super difficult to think about it like a, with like a narrative. Just like answer the questions. Like like imagine you just got a bunch of emails, you know, and answer all the emails. And then you can think about, okay, now I have all this content. Now it's just a matter of editing it, ordering it, creating a, a narrative from it. But you already have the puzzle pieces. Now it's just kind of finagling them and like getting feedback from people and figuring out wh wh what it is. You know, what is the thesis yeah. or what have you, right? Um, every book has one but I don't think it comes at the beginning. It kind of comes over time, right? Every, I think if you sat down and you're like, we need to write a song that's about the loneliness you feel when going down, a you know, walk at the beach. I don't think, I assume that's not how music production works. Maybe it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it surfaces, right? There's, this, there's like a single idea or a single sentence or a single thing that sparks and then it develops, you know? And I think the fear with creators is that they feel like they need to, to visualize the end product at the beginning, the whole album or whatever, the album art. And it's just not, not true, I think. And products definitely are not like that, right? Products are this thing, Gumroad, you can like Google Gumroad V1 or something and find the screenshots. It looks terrible, hmm. but it worked. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which is most important. Which is what all you got to do is get it to work and then you can iterate on it. Right. And like everything you ever use is on the, X nth iteration, right? Nothing you read, nothing you listen to, nothing you watch. I mean, maybe this podcast, I guess, is close to that. But even then, you're iterate. You know, you've you've done a bunch of episodes. Like it's not the first time. You know. Yeah. And I think creators typically stare at their first drafts all the time, and they're like, "This, there's, this is not nearly as good as Harry Potter or whatever, or Billy Eilish's new album, which I think is amazing." And they just don't do anything. And it's like, you can't iterate then. Yeah. You just physically cannot iterate on something without it being in front of somebody else. You know, you can't sit in a room by yourself. Um, it's just not how it works. And that's what I love about working on government is I, I feel like I get what creators are going through more than I... And, and certainly when I've been writing and, and painting and doing some of these more sort of pure creative activities, and it's sort of informed like, oh, we, we should like build, rebuild Gumroad in this way uh, because... As a creator, I realized this thing is really weird or confusing or stressful. And using Gumroad is like a key tenant of ours that it should never be stressful. Yeah. You're like creators, you're stressed enough, you know. Uh, just like when, when, when we had a, te a, a team of a bunch of people, I always told pe new employees, I'm like, if anything stresses you out that isn't sort of core to the business, like just working on a software product and a startup, like we should fix that problem because yeah. there's enough stress just day to day that like anything added that is optional, like we should 
that's like my job. Like we should get rid of it. And same goes for the product. Yeah. And the way that you take on feedback as well. I mean, I've, I've done a, a few Twitter DMs. I've probably sent emails over <laughs> time and I, Sometimes it's just a suggestion, hey, this would be cool. Yeah. You know, uh, for affiliates, if we can apply a discount coupon in the same yeah. link so that yep. the, the affiliate still gets paid, but they can also sell my product at a 10% discount so mm -hmm. that people click their link over mine. And then mm -hmm. that was implemented, which thank you so much. That, that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to have somebody just respond to your suggestion and say, that's a great suggestion, but mm -hmm. it's another to actually see it happen yeah. and go, I'm sure I'm not the only person that suggested that, yeah. but how cool to see that they're actually yeah. taking this on totally. board and improving the product for the users. We the have customers. a rule. I don't know how sustainable it is, but for now it works, so we'll keep doing it. But basically, if two people ask for something, we'll put it in, in the queue, basically. So cool. all it needs is two people, two creators that will ask for a feature like offer codes that work in combination with an affiliate, and then it gets, it gets done. And it's crazy, you know, one of the transitions I talk about in the piece is this idea of going from like someone who knew, like knew how to build a billion dollar company and then clearly failed to do that. And then I kind of just lost that identity of being a product visionary, right? There's this quote, I think Steve Job is credited for it, or he says it about Henry Ford or something. But basically if Henry Ford asked like what people wanted, they'd have said a faster horse, not a car. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some truth to that. Like, you know, you can't just ask customers what they want but most of the time you can <laughs> most of the time you can just ask creators like hey like what would make your life easier and then they'll tell me stuff and there are things that i just maybe i am like a great product person but i'm not using gumroad three hours a day like someone else might or i yeah. might not be i'm so familiar to, i mean probably goes for any creator like i'm so i've listened to the thing too much i just can't even it just sounds like white noise at this point like there's no emotional like my that part of my brain is just numb and, you know, it's super important to just, it's like, assume that the creator is smarter than you, you know, and just be like, what do you want? And then a lot of the time, I had a, someone told me a great idea um, today to allow discount codes to be created. And then just like, you're allowed to type in as many products as you want or say only my digital products or only my physical products or, or what have you. And it's a great idea. I added it to the list and it'll happen at some point in the next year or two. And what, you know, one of, one of the things I think it's important to sort of delineate is like Gumroad used to be on this venture back track, right? Where we wanted to be this massive company and raise a bunch of money and like mm -hmm. become IPO or whatever. And now we just want to do what we're doing better every day. And when you're on the former path, you kind of need to be a product visionary, right? You kind of need to believe that you're going to build something that no one else can build. And therefore, like, why talk to anybody about it? Because they're not going to tell you because they don't know. And if they knew, like, they'd be the ones building the thing or whatever. And so when, when we switched paths and when we, when we did the layoffs, we got to profitable, it was a totally different thing where now my goals are not about 10xing the company, right? It's just about like building like just like an insanely awesome product to a point where people just don't even understand. Like they're like, how is it possible that Gumroad would be this creator friendly and this open and this transparent? And the reason is because most companies are trying to increase their revenues and grow really fast and we're not. Like, it's kind of like, if you're losing the battle, like, how do you change the playing field, right? Like, how do you get the upper hand? And the way that we've done it is like, well, we don't care about, as long as we're profitable, as long as we're not going to die, I'm totally willing to give as much value away for free. And when you do that, I mean, people, people pay attention, you know, that think that's one of the reasons that blog post, I guess, essay, whatever, did really well. But it's also why I think people sort of 
reciprocate. And some people have told me, like, I'm using Gumroad because you're open. And mm -hmm. I want more of those companies. And I'm sort of voting with my wallet. And I don't know if that's the best idea. I think you should use the product that's hopefully best for you as well. But but it's cool to see people, you know, make that decision. And I, I think it's important, especially in, like, the era that we're in. You know, there's sort of this sort of the zeitgeist is like billionaires are evil or what have you and there's all this all you know facebook is doing all this kind of weird stuff in the name of sort of their stock price and and, and inherently that's what companies do especially if you go public like your single goal as the ceo of a company is to increase this i mean that like legally is your your job you know people get scared you know yeah uh, when that happens they see a lot of examples of weird bad decisions uh being made whether it be a large company that's public like facebook or a smaller company that's like, but venture back, like Patreon or, or what have you. And so I think Gumroad has sort of like, has become sort of accidentally like one of the standard bearers for this new way, uh, which I think is great. I think it's awesome. And I think we're excited to like see like what we can do and like what we can try that is just weird and different and like people aren't going to understand. They're like, this makes no sense. Like, why would you, why would you tweet your financials? Like, what do you gain from that? And... Sometimes you just have to do it. You have to, like, have faith that there's something you will gain from that eventually. But it doesn't matter because it's, like, we're profitable, you know? Yeah. Like, no one can take that away from us. If we did this and then VC saw it and we're, like, we're not going to give you money because this is freaking weird, that's different. Yeah. But now that we're profitable, we can do whatever we want, you know? No one can can sort of steer the ship in a, in a, in a different direction anymore. The only thing that can happen is, theoretically, enough creators leave that we somehow have to do another round of layoffs. But, I mean... It would be very, very difficult for that. It would have to be a boycott. We'd have to do something really stupid for that to happen. I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're too smart for that. <laughs> but what I really like as well uh, is the fact that it really does feel like a family. So uh, when I talk about Gumroad to other people, sometimes they go, do you work for Gumroad? <laughs> I go, no, look, I have an affiliate link, but I wasn't even going to send you that. I'm telling you right now, go to gumroad.com, put your yeah. stuff on there. Yeah. Set a price or don't set a yeah. price. Just see what happens. Yeah. And it does feel like a little family in the way that, I mean, we get love directly from yourself, from, from Gumroad. And you are so transparent as well, which is very rare. Mm -hmm. So every time you have a successful month for Gumroad, that means creators have a successful month. So yeah. we're all celebrating together. Totally. I mean, I don't know who that person is that's making $800,000 some month. You know, more, yeah. more power to them. Good for them. Yeah. But... I love that. I, I do like a little yeah. celebration, even yeah. though I don't necessarily know who that person is. I go, that's great. Someone on Gumroad yeah. is killing it right totally. now. It's not a zero-sum game, you know? And I think creators are realizing or have realized or realized before I did that, like, Gumroad's success is their success, their success is Gumroad's success, and, and other creators, it doesn't even matter if it's the same vertical. Because when you're, when you're an independent creator, whether you're a musician or a songwriter or a filmmaker or a comedian or a photographer or what have you, you just want more people that care about independent creators, right? And sort of the, the, the rising tide lifts all boats sort of theory. And your competitor is not the, the artist next door. It's the label or it's people that just are jaded from listening to, you know, whatever it is, right? Like I typically, like when, when, when we talk about our competitors, we don't say, oh, it's this other startup that does helps creators sell content. It's like Netflix or it's like people that are afraid <laughs> or actually like our biggest competitor right now is employee backed healthcare. <laughs> I like because I believe that like 
the number one thing that prevents people from striking out on their own and selling stuff on Gumroad or whatever is the fact that they would lose their health care. I've heard multiple creators tell me that, that they're just so... I mean, I've debated of all the weird things we could do as a company, like what if we had a healthcare option, you know, like Gumroad Healthcare, I don't know. I would need to do a little bit more research. But to me, the, the, it, that, I don't know, is super empowering, like, you know, to yeah. broaden the the problem space and say, like, what stops people from making stuff? Like money, sure, like a, a way to make money, but there's a lot more that goes into that and that decision. That's it. And But once you see the money start coming in, that's when you know it's time. Yeah. Once, once you've replaced... Or matched, I should say, is probably a better word. Once you've matched what you're making in your day job, yeah, that comes to the point where you go, you know what, I can do this. You know, give or take, I may make a little more next month, a little less the one after. Yeah, gonna be careful with my money. Yeah. Be smart. I may take a part-time job on just just to make sure I have some guaranteed income to cover yeah. food, the mortgage, whatever. But that sort of becomes the point where people decide I can now take this leap. Yeah, and it's crazy. There's people out there right now. There's probably you know, full-time stay-at-home parents that when they're not watching over the kids, they could be cooking up a storm in the kitchen and they've made their own recipes. And if they just put those recipes online, they could start making money from totally. those by sharing them. They're yeah. probably already formatted correctly. You know, maybe Yeah, a, a lot tweaks. of this content is there, yeah. you know? It's sitting around on someone's computer, yeah, someone's Dropbox, and it's just like, put it, just try. Just, just like zero plus, put it on the internet, see what happens. And you're right, like a lot of this content has already been being made. A lot of it is already sort of formatted better than a lot of professional things are because these people really sort of care about it and have the technical expertise. And it just doesn't translate to, to, to money sometimes. And, and, the, and the, I think one of the really great things about striking on your own or at least partially doing is you can just do whatever you want. You can figure out, you can experiment. Typically with a day job, you're kind of stuck doing the same thing over and over again. Like even... This artist that I was painting with today, he actually doesn't work at Sony anymore. He left after after Spider-Verse and and he makes a full-time living on Gumroad now just selling stuff. And he gets to do whatever he wants. He doesn't, you know, obviously Spider-Verse, great movie, but like if they said, hey, well, now we're working on the Emoji Movie Part 2 or whatever, he also has to work on that, you know? And, yep. and having the flexibility to say no, right? You can make less, but if you're working 20 hours a week instead of 40... That's not a terrible deal for some people. You yeah. know, I would take it, I think. And so it really is like, what, what, like, why do you, why do you create? Like, what, what, you know, when we talk about creators, like one of the reasons we use creators as a word to just sort of talk about our, our users and, and not sellers or merchants or users is because we, we think about it like they want to make stuff. Making money allows for that. It's mm. certainly an essential component of being able to create but if they could create full-time without needing any income, they probably would do that, you know? And so for me, it's like a priority thing. Like, they make money to make stuff. Yeah. It's not like they make stuff to make money. And if they can make stuff that they love making, and that lets them make money, and lets them build their audience, and then they can use the money and use the audience to make more stuff and make more money and make a lot, you know, grow, grow their audience. To me, that if you can get that sort of trinity or trifecta, that's the that's the the sort of the peak, you know? Because then all you're doing is you wake up and you just make cool stuff. That's and the dream. You're that's... just doing what you've already been doing, but now you have more free time. 
Yeah. Or you can or you can make even more of it if you want. Whatever yeah, or you, you do. can whatever. Yeah, it's just freedom, right? Yeah. To me, wealth is freedom. If you have the the freedom to set your own terms and work as much or as little as you want from wherever you want with whoever you want on whatever you want, that's the thing that most people I think are aiming for, right? Or would be aiming for if they even thought it was a possibility. I think a lot of people don't because they don't think it is. And it isn't for some people, right? But that number of people for which it is, is 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 growing, and hopefully we can contribute a little bit to that transition. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, anyone that's listening right now, whatever you've created, if you've created music, you haven't released it, put it out. If you've created recipes, put them up. You know, charge, charge 20 cents per recipe or do pay what you feel pricing and put your famous chicken pot pie recipe up online and see if people find value in it and they pay for it. The worst thing that could happen is they don't pay for it and they have a copy of your recipe and your name is there on it. And you never know, you might get credited at the dinner table somewhere in the world for this amazing recipe that they found online. Whatever you're doing, you're already doing it because you love. We're not saying that you decide, oh, I'm going to create stuff for Gumroad to make a living. You're already creating this stuff. It's already there. It's in your head. It's in writing. It's sitting in a file on your computer, whatever, get that and, and just put it online and let the people decide. The worst thing that happens is you get no sales. The best thing that happens is you get some, but either way, you've put it out and you'll know. And, and just if you've got stuff there, just make it available. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You, you have to start. You know, you can't get better at anything without doing the thing. And it's really important that you, that you do start and that you... I think people are scared sometimes. People think that they're going to produce something that people don't like and they're going to remember it for the rest of their lives. But, the, like, it's, a, it's actually like kind of like a very sort of, like, it's both self-conscious but then also sort of arrogant almost because it's, like, most people don't think about other people that often. Like, people have their friends, their family, uh, their spouse or what have you, their kids, etc. And those are the, the people that they think about. And if you do something awesome, they're going to think about you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you do something terrible, they're going to think about you for less than a little bit and then never think about it, you know? It's just like, think about like all the bad tweets you saw today. Can't exactly. think of them. They just don't, they don't fit in your brain. They just, you know, go go in one ear and out the other. And 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 as a creator, to me, hopefully it, it's, it's freeing, you know? It's, it gives me the ability to experiment and try things because I've written a lot of posts, right? Two were quite successful and those are the things that people know about and that's fine. You know, those things are still out there. Some, you know, some percentage of people will go out and somehow read those two, you know, those few other other pieces as well. But you have to have confidence that the good stuff is going to reward you and the bad stuff is sort of going to be irrelevant anyways. 100%. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I, I liked your example of the the bad tweets because that is perfect. It's you, the amount of times that you're scrolling your feed on social media or you're looking at the news, whatever it is, think about all the bad things you see. And then try and remember them at the end of the day. You might remember one of them if yeah, you're lucky. Totally. If it was really catastrophic, of course, you, yeah. you remember. But for the most part, the rest of it, you just you forget. And, yeah. then, and then if something good happens, you go, oh, yeah, I saw this amazing post today about this story of this heroic kid who, who did this thing where they saved their friend's life. And you, you remember that. And then the next day, of course, you've probably forgotten that. And then something else will take over in that part of your memory. But... Like you said, if you make something bad, as long as it's not offensive, as long as it's not going to yeah. really upset people, if it's just it doesn't resonate with a lot of people, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're not going to remember it. And then if you put something else out, they're not going to remember you from last time. So they'll check it out again. So yeah. just keep putting it out there. Totally. I always use the example of you know someone who 
you go the other, you know, you're walking down the street and you take a right instead of a left. And your brain, for some reason, is like, people are watching me. I'm not going to turn around. I'm going to have to do three rights to get to the right direction. And I love that uh, that image because everyone relates to that, you know, that idea of like, but like, who is looking at you? Like, describe, like, draw a photo of one person you've seen today. You, It just doesn't stick. Or, you know, people that go to the gym and they're like, people are going to look at me doing weird stuff and like they're going to know that it's like my first time at the gym and it's like nobody nobody knows like really like people are people are self-conscious about their own stuff Mm -hmm. they're thinking about the same thing right and you show up and you do your thing and then you leave and like no one is going to remember you and like just use that knowledge i think to your advantage instead of to your detriment absolutely and if they're looking around they may be as lost as you are yeah Totally. And and when you do admit stuff like that, it just makes you more likable anyways. You know, like all this failure that I experienced over eight years, most people forgot about. Some people didn't even know Gummer was still alive. <laughs> so I was doing an interview with someone and he's like, oh, it's so cool that Gummer's still going. I thought you died like years ago. And I was like, cool. Thanks. Appreciate that. My life's work just gone. But, you know, it, it, it sort of sells that point, right? Like to most people, it just all these failures like just kind of were like a sort of a footnote somewhere in their brain. And when I wrote about the piece, it resurfaced a lot of that and it actually benefited me, you know? And so it's, it's even the failures, even the stuff that people don't remember, you can always decide to repackage and and resurface in a different context and have something to gain from that. So it's not even, even the failures aren't totally thrown away. Like that layoffs, you know, sucked. And I don't want to tell anyone about it, but, Three and a half years later, I told the world about it and, you know, half a million people cared and hopefully learned something from it. And I benefited from that. So, And thank you for sharing that because it benefited me as well. And I'm, I've seen many other people who feel the same way. And I'm sure the amount, amount of love that you've gotten, not that you were looking for love, but yeah. uh, the amount of love that you've gotten as a result in, in the comments on, on social media is well-deserved because it takes a lot of guts to share your story, not just the positives, but all of the bad stuff that happened along the way and how you overcame that and how successful Gumroad is now, not just for yourself, not just for the team, but for creators. It's fantastic. So I'm really glad that Gumroad is still here today. You are alive and well. <laughs> I am indeed. We, we did just get the little uh, wave at the window letting us know that we're going to wrap this up. So before we do let people know where they can find you and how they can sort of follow you and follow the rest of this story for yourself and and for Gumroad. What's the best way to keep in touch and follow you? Yeah, it's cool because this, yeah, the story is not over. We'll see what happens. You can follow me on Twitter. That's sort of the best place. Uh, My handle is at SHL and you can follow Gumroad on Twitter, hopefully Gumroad on Twitter so we can get the follower ratio back. That's at Gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D. And you can send me a DM on Twitter. You can send me an email. It's my first name at Gumroad.com. I'm super accessible. I always tell people I'm accessible, and then they email me, and they're like, I can't believe you replied. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I really am accessible, and for as long as I can maintain it, I will be. So Awesome. And I, I do appreciate that. And I know, speaking from experience, there's been times where something would happen with Gumroad relating to payments being a little bit later than expected, and I would see in the support emails, I would see your name in there sometimes. And I go, <laughs> yeah. 
this guy really is on top of it all. And, um, you know, that just goes to show why Gumroad has stood the test of time and it's as strong as it is. And there's so much love and support in that direction as well. Is there one last piece of advice, wisdom, anything you would like to pass down to the listeners here today to end the show with? I mean, I think I've said most of it. I, I really sort of just repeat over and over that you need to start. And that doesn't mean you have to start selling on Gumroad or anything like that. But I think you should think about what your goals are and start towards them and have a plan and start executing. If you plan to run a half marathon one day, like you should start running. You know, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the second best time is now. And so really it's not complicated. There are no secrets. Like there are no epiphanies, I believe. I think there's just a lot of hard work and time and, and a million little data points of learnings that you get that makes you a better musician, artist, writer, filmmaker, comedian, entrepreneur. And you're missing out on those things. And 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 if you're waiting for, for the grand epiphany or the, the tweet that's just going to set you on fire, it's just probably not going to happen. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're waiting for the perfect time, you're never going to, you're never going to start. So just start. And then 10 years later, you'll be glad that you did. Just start. That's it. Yeah. Pretty simple. You can simplify it. Start. I love it. That's exactly how we're going to end this <laughs> right awesome. there. So Sahil, thank you so much for being on this episode. I'm glad we were finally able to meet and in person and yes. in this really cool setup. As I mentioned, we will post photos on social media as well so you can see this setup and these digs that we've got here. It's pretty neat. Thank you once again. And everyone that's listening, go to gumroad.com, follow at SHL on Twitter and Instagram as well. Yes. You, and the best account, SHL Paints, which is my painting account. Yes. Which is the one that really needs the, uh, the followership right now. <laughs> Get on there right now at SHL Paints. Show some love there as well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Truly a pleasure.